You're listening to the Batuta Advocates Weekly News Wrap on Desert Rock FM 96.5. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Podcast. This week, we're talking about cancel culture. Uh, what is it? And can you separate the art from the artist? Hello, I'm Clancy Overall. This is the Weekly Batuta, and it is Christmas party season. Silly season, some would say, but this is probably the concentrated victory lap of silly season. Um, I'm surrounded by a bunch of hungover goons. I've got Errol Parker. I've got Wendell Hussey with me. I'm not hungover. I have a smoke over from enjoying a packet of double happiness Chinese cigarettes mm. yesterday. Really cleaned out your insides. You've got a bong over, yes. do you, Wendell? Yeah, a little bit. I'm just generally running slow. Have you had your iron levels checked? You could um, have a you could have a deficiency. You could have a sufficiency. Same symptoms for both illnesses: hemochromatosis and anemia. There you go. That's something I'll hemochromatosis investigate. What do they call that? They call that Scottish HIV or something, don't they? No, it's called uh, the, Gu- the Guinness flu. <laughs> All that beef jerky uh, we, we've been eating in our office can't be helping iron yeah, levels. Yeah, I don't think iron levels could be an issue. I, I, surely I'm getting plenty of iron from the 100 grams of processed beef I'm having every single yeah, day. No, the 400 grams of uh, biltong I had yesterday have all but put a stop to my digestive system you know much like a multiple car accident on the bruce highway mm. yeah uh, bottleneck a bit of a bottleneck happening there is there no just just a total blockade oh. i think yeah my colon is like uh you know japan in 1939 just completely blocked completely off. cut off from the rest of the world mm. commercially so it's like a plank kind of went sideways as it went down i guess you could say that it's revolting. I hadn't had my appendix out, I'd be considering going to hospital to just find out what this dull pain inside of my stomach is, but I think it is just a jerky. Or well, I know it is just a jerky, essentially. Or it could be True. your liver, because you're a piss wreck. <laughs> yeah, my liver canes, eh? Or it could be your bowel. They might need to no, take no, out no. a section and put a bag on for six weeks. Have you just, yeah, you just, be back you, have you taken a shit in a while? What's going on? Not a, not a great one, obviously, but I don't think that's a peculiar thing. For I have just been baking coal and loaves. I'm, I don't know. This maybe. is look, this is look look look. This is not the ABC. We can't be talking about toilet humor. Scat, our scat tendencies. Um, what's going on in the news this week, Wendell? You fucking constipated lefty. <laughs> well, the first headline I'm going to hit you with reads like this. Holy shit, this has got to stop, says Albo after reading folder titled Gaza that sat on his desk for 60 days. Anthony Albanese has this week joined the Prime Ministers of New Zealand and Canada in a joint statement calling for a sustained ceasefire on the Gaza Strip and an end to the continuous suffering of its citizens. The comments, of course, came with condemnation of Hamas and the events of October 7. They followed previous absentations by the government to vote on a ceasefire And it comes after Albanese accidentally briefed himself on the issue. It is believed while searching for his favourite calligraphy pen while writing Christmas cards, the Prime Minister stumbled across a file titled Gaza, which had been buried on the side of his desk for over 60 days. That's essentially what caused the big change, actually, this yellowing document. Um, And it encouraged him to contact the other leaders of the Commonwealth Light, Prime Minister uh, Luxon and uh, Trudeau, the corrupt fucking uh, blackface. The blackface <laughs> corrupt <laughs> neoliberal. What were they calling him on Twitter during COVID? 
Blackface Nazi. Blackface Nazi. Yeah. Um, and they've called for a, a sustained ceasefire. I don't know if anyone's going to listen to them. We'll move on to some news here at home. And the crowd at the Foo Fighters concert in Sydney has broken the world record for the most pockets in one place. <laughs> the Guinness Book of World Records is scrambling to update their 2024 edition after a long-standing record was shattered over the weekend. With 80,000 fans filling out the Olympic Stadium in Sydney for the Foo Fighters concert, it's believed the crowd of cargo short-wearing dads broke the record for the most number of pockets in one place. Alistair Richards, the managing director of Guinness World Records, spoke to us about this new feat. He said, going off our calculations and footage of the event, we believe the average concert goer was rocking anywhere between five to eight pockets. Big ones too. We even saw a guy with two pockets on the hips, two on the backside, deep square pockets on the knees, and then two button-down pockets on his shirt in, in the chest region. This is eight pockets on one man alone. So you you know, you apply that to eighty thousand fans. Oh, you, you're over a million pockets. That's what they're saying. There mm. was over a million pockets within the vicinity of. Um, I wonder what Homebush. the last record holder was. It might have been military. Yeah, I think it was military. Uh, it was around seven, eight hundred thousand. I thought it was uh, Tracy Chapman uh, opening a Bunnings. I thought that. Would have had a lot of pockets there. She, as no, well. she's more zips. Do they count zip pockets? To a local story, put on sunscreen. What am I? A lefty? Asked man before he's burned like a stolen car in Townsville. Yeah, some Batuta Heights brainiac has scoffed at the very offer of sunscreen this week. Joining some friends down at Machete Park, the hostile young man reportedly told the person offering him sunscreen to shove it up their ass. Unfortunately, that hubris came back to bite him. Or burn him, actually, with his friends contemplating taking him to hospital for third-degree burns after he got too intoxicated and fell asleep on the grass. As one witness said, he had to be helped from the park. I think he's the most sunburnt person I've ever seen with my own eyes. And I've seen how the poms carry on on Corfu. I've been him before. Down in Coogee as well. We'll finish up with a lifestyle story now. And a white-collar man who's nearly 30 is facing the difficult choice of getting into bouldering or buying a drone. Yes, Mark Thompson, 29, a spreadsheet specialist, office drone and overall inoffensive XL monkey, is grappling with a decision that could define his leisure activities well into his third decade. Will he embrace the rugged athleticism of bouldering and the body odour that comes with it, or the somewhat entertaining feeling of controlling a plastic object flying through the sky that cost him several thousand dollars? As he explained to us, and I quote, a lot of the guys at the office say it's a great way to stay in shape and now that I've entered level 3, I never really have been a team sports guy and I feel it would be a perfect fit. <laughs> I must say though, with a drone I can record cool shit and post it online. It's a lot harder to let people know I'm bouldering. So there's that. What would you do, Wendell? I'd uh, probably get into making things like jerky. No, or... no, between those two. Oh, between gonna... those two? Unfortunately, the way I'm built means I've, I've got to be a drone guy. I've got to go down to the beach and just... Too much of a cube. Yeah, yeah I yeah. could see you taking a drone down to the airport and trying to fly it into an engine of a plane taking off, I think. Oh, I'm more well, than... you got arrested with the laser pointer that time. Yeah, yes. I learned my lesson from yes. that. I, I think it's more just parking up down at Batuta Beach and just cruising Mate, along I think, look, at look, a low altitude, look, just seeing look. what's happening down there. What did you guys do back in your day? Obviously, bouldering wasn't a thing. Drones weren't a thing. Definitely weren't a thing. Mate, we just went down to the rifle range. This is pre-Howard. Um, and we'd just fire high-caliber firearms. I can tell you off-air how to make a fertilizer bomb. But I like, know. Yeah, with with the, the rifle range, was it just targets? Or could you shoot, like... Like, you know how you go... Well, actually, go sometimes you birds and, like, 
well, like birds would land on the range and there'd be rabbits and shit. And they just and like there was that time where because they've got that um, that that dog park next door. It's this you know this it used to be an off leash area and one of these dogs went after the rabbit and um, oh yeah you know someone was trying to shoot the rabbit and they ended up blasting the sausage dog in half with a 300 wind mag and then you know there's all this you know fuss with the police and the town hall and everything but yeah bit of carry on that's a good job to hit a, a sausage dog yeah mate it bursts like a sausage on a Weber mate it was unbelievable but yeah spilling look. all sorts of oil and gas out this is an insight for the listeners into the wild uh, crazy uh, you know high octane life of a western Queensland newsroom it's silly season oh yeah we've had a few shardies anyway enjoy yours I've had a shubless Thank you.